Welcome to We Are Teachers, where you will hear conversations around the realities of teaching in the world today. I am Hazel Pulley. I'm the CEO of Excelsior Multi Academy Trust in Birmingham. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. We've four more left till we get to the end. And today's guest is Vanessa Hughes Jones. Vanessa used to be a head teacher up in Yorkshire, north of England. She was a school improvement lead for local authority there and now is a freelance school improver. Welcome, Vanessa. Hello, Hazel. Lovely to be here. And how are you? I'm very well. Vanessa, you've vast experience in school improvement and, and now so in our pandemic because I believe you've been working throughout. How on earth do you improve a school during a pandemic? Well, gosh, I have worked throughout. In fact, I've been really busy really busy and I just I take my hat off to all those school leaders you know who are now on that second day of this of this next phase but who have kept up that that work around school improvement um during what must be some of the most challenging times any of us have have ever faced I think it's it's interesting reflecting on the question really and, and thinking about so what actually have I been doing with schools in in the last six months and there's there's a bit there's been a range of different activities I think I think one of the most interesting pieces of work um, I've undertaken is with a group of uh, a consortium and a group of leaders up in the north of England in Wigan and they were very proactive during during the first lockdown in terms of coming together regularly and thinking ahead and, and planning around what their next uh, piece of work might be. So uh, we undertook a huge piece of work in the autumn term with leaders in schools reflecting on COVID-19 provision during that first lockdown. We planned a series of questions around uh, helping to support them to get an accurate picture of where children were on their return. We undertook a series of questions around catch-up provision, changes to the curriculum, provision for perhaps those children with SEND or disadvantage, looked at barriers that were in place, worries they had. So that, that was one huge piece of work, which actually is going to become a case study, which hopefully we'll start working in partnership with Leeds University. But the feedback from heads was very much about how cathartic the exercise had been, how powerful it had been in terms of helping them reflect on their provision during that time, helping them plan new strategies moving forward. So that was that was capturing something very specific as well as supporting leaders. That, that, was, one, that was one key piece of work. I think another key line of inquiry has been around peer review, leaders coming together in, in, in peer review processes. Um, so I've undertaken a lot with the Schools Partnership Programme, working with schools up and down the country, helping to support them with, with frameworks uh, to, to consider and move forward. And then another group of heads I work with in Sheffield and, and Rotherham and Oldham, again, similar, using that peer review virtually. All of this work obviously has been done remotely, but using that leadership capacity, uh, harnessing that energy um, to help support them moving through the challenges and help them to think about, about the future. So it's been very varied, incredibly interesting. And, and I think for the heads, they would say very rewarding. I imagine so. But I'm sure that peer review was challenging because, well, to get heads to really discuss the issues that are at the forefront of their mind uh, must be challenging because the, the issue for me there must be trust. How do you get them to really open up and be honest about the issues without because they're in front of a mirror, really? How do you get them to do mm. that? 
Yeah, good question. Really, really good question. Well, as, as Fullard would say, relationships, relationships, relationships. And, and I think certainly with the with the two peer review groups I've been working with, there is there has been a high level of, of trust and and respect um, and understanding, empathy about uh, about what they're going through. You know, we've had a couple of meetings where leaders have been very open about the challenges they're facing. You know, I work with leaders who've got years of experience who've said this has been one of the hardest times that we've, you know, we've ever had to to deal with. But building that trust, I think that transparency, sharing what's on the table, talking through the challenges, I think has been huge. I think structure has helped. Um, There's a couple of frameworks that we've used as part of the school's partnership work, which have been specifically around physical structures to help them answer those questions. I think that's helped massively. And I think as well, just an opportunity sometimes to come together and just talk, sometimes just to come together and talk and and reflect. It's okay. This is hard. How can we still keep doing the best we possibly want to do for our children and and keep ourselves sane? There's actually a lovely uh, document published by the Mercer Group, which I would recommend anybody to read, never mind the teaching or leadership profession. And it talks about the four C's. It's all about having a very positive approach to health and 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 well-being during these challenging times uh, and it talks very specifically about communities coming together um, making that commitment to each other feeling appropriately challenged but but also having that sense of um, control how important it is for us to feel in control um, so I've used I've used that a lot and I think that's built trust and I think that's helped people feel more comfortable about it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to feel unsure at the moment it's okay to need a little bit more of a helping hand that's interesting because I've been part of a couple of peer reviews recently and it sort of challenged my thinking because I did actually think who is this helping does it help everybody do you think within the peer review or does it sort of open up gaps and reveals the difference between those within the group how have you been managing that possibility of difference growing and gap? How do you fill in the gaps? I think with some of those, I mean, I think of an example of a school I've been working with down in Plymouth. And that was a really interesting process to go through. That's all been um, uploaded as, as a case study. And yeah, there were, there were gaps. There were gaps in provision. There were conversations that, that needed to be had around where challenges were starting to arise. But but again, I would I would go back to the resilience and the tenacity of some of the leaders that I've been working with and I think people recognize things are going to be different there are going to be gaps there are going to be challenges um but how can we you know how can we address those how can we think differently about about that and and again I'm just there was a wonderful article in the Guardian at the weekend by um Peter Hyman the co-director of Big Education and he he talks about that but in a very positive way and you know he says look you know, this this isn't about this isn't about a lost generation of children. We we, we know we've got challenges. We know there are children coming back with huge um, with huge issues and and lost learning. But you know, he's saying, look, we've, we this can't be about a lost generation. We've got to turn this round, otherwise it'll become a self fulfilling prophecy. We've got to think differently 
about, about, you know, about how we do this. And he's got a lovely phrase at the end of his article. He talks about, you know, this isn't, we shouldn't be thinking about catch up and gaps. We should be thinking about leapfrogging. And, and, and somebody said to me this morning in a, in a meeting, this is about good school improvement. And we know it might be about disadvantage or send or COVID, but we've got to get back to trying to think about how we can harness that effectively, you know, working together in a different way. We've got to reimagine you know, he talks about recovery. I think that's hugely important. But he also talks about reimagining um, what the future can look like and how we might need to do things differently moving forward. I read that article. I I loved it. I thought it was uh, punchy and so forward-looking. And to say we've got to reimagine schools, absolutely. I find that exciting. But with you working across so many different schools in school improvement. Do you pick up that excitement from everybody or do you see, do you see a divide? And I'm just going to throw it out here. There are head teachers in local authority. There are head teachers who work in academies and trusts. Do you see a difference? Do you know, I'm, I do. I think I do, I do see a difference. I do see a difference. But I, my experience would say to me that isn't, that's not contextual. Um, I remember a couple of years ago doing a, doing a lovely piece of work around pupil premium and disadvantage, and it was talking about um, the differences between successful London schools and those not. And basically the final outcome was saying, this isn't about London schools, it's about the quality of leadership, regardless, never mind about geographical location. So I think to answer your question, I've worked with heads over the past 18 months who have really struggled and for whatever reason may not have had the capacity um, or drive to be able to um, uh, focus on a, a particular aspect of school improvement and move on it. I've also worked with leaders who've been completely the opposite. Uh, and another key aspect of work I've done over the past 18 months has been about leadership development. And I've undertaken two or three pieces of work recently with school leaders in groups of six or seven where the head has said, actually, we need to put some investment into our into our leadership team. We need to come together as a group. We need them to be fed. We need to be energised again by some good CPD. We need to come together and talk. We need to come together and reflect. And again, we need to come back together and reimagining two separate schools I've worked with this week are undertaking a brand new visioning exercise with their school community and governors. They feel this is the time. This is the time to do it. Lovely piece of work last week with the school in Doncaster, uh, restructuring the leadership team and just on the basis of a, a lovely poem, actually, that we sent as part of the briefing paper. Let's step back, think about what we've been through. Think about what we want to adopt. Think about what we want to adapt. Think about what we want to abandon. And let's let's look at this afresh. So to answer your question, I think it's very much about individual leaders and their drive, uh, their capacity, their capability to, to look at things differently, perhaps, and, and engage what the next step might be. And I I don't think that is easy. I think for all of us, we're all, we're all on the continuum. Some of us find that very easy. Some of that find it hard. But yeah, very definitely, there's an appetite out there. And I just think that is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes, context is interesting there, isn't it? And uh, I suppose really, you can't really say it's local authority academy. I think it's more the what that head teacher is sitting in, that background, and maybe having somebody like you, you know, to motivate. So that's what I've been looking for recently is what what's out there that can 
challenged my thinking. And we've been linking in with business. We've been looking at uh, having a business coach, been trying to change the way we're working and moving. We're going simpler. That's what we're trying to do. Can you see that in your work? Are you moving in a more a simpler way? Are you taking away those shackles of the tomb of school improvement? Have you got a freshness that's uh, out there yeah, that you can give? Definitely, definitely, Hazel. I think you know you and I have talked before about the the, the business model and the the approach and the and the um, the impact, the positive impact that that's had. I guess. During on the experience I've had, I would focus on that coaching word that you've used. And yeah, the simpler, the better. People are asking for support around that. I'm finding, um, so for example, I've done a lot of work with schools on subject leader development during the last 18 months. The model's changing. It's, it's moving away from a one-off piece of work to a three, four, five-day programme it's changing and evolving into whole group input, individual coaching sessions. And then with some of the leadership teams I've worked with, we've introduced really simple coaching models. I mean, the GROW model, which goes back to the 1950s, but it's simple, it's effective. It's all about asking the right questions. And people are saying this simple model used effectively perhaps in a 20 minute slot or a half hour slot whatever time available I've got this is what's helping me make that next step and I think it is about the next step it's not about taking massive strides forward or having huge plans it's about what is the next step and that's all we can ask of our school leaders and teachers at the moment isn't it because because it's difficult it's difficult at home and it's difficult at work and I think the next step is is the best we can do but to use some good processes to help them do that I think is is great and I think the coaching or the mentoring whichever way you want to look at it I think I think is the way forward and and yeah as you've said reaching out further beyond that immediate school community to perhaps something different to to enable that to happen um I think that just I think that's amazing it's not trying to do things differently I think it's trying to do things more as I say simpler and I'm, I'm looking for excitement. You know, I'm sort of thinking we've had this uh, drudgery, we've been down, is, and I feel I'm raring to go. The staff are in school as well. And one thing we've been looking at, I wonder if you have as well, is curriculum content. It's that old nutshell. And you think, oh, my goodness, it's we're here again. But actually, it goes back to that piece you were mentioning in, in um, The Guardian about uh, reimagined schools. Is there that excitement out there to change the curriculum content? Mm, that's interesting. When I when I wrote up the case study from the work with leaders in the Wigan Consortium, there was a real continuum of thought about that. I think that there's a group of leaders out there who are desperately concerned about gaps and blocks of work that have been missed. My experience is that some leaders are look, we've got to move on, we've got to move on and we'll we'll pick up on how we assess on a more regular basis to see to see what's been missed. And there are others that are completely rehashing what, what the next couple of terms are going, are going to look like. Whether, I hope that does come, I hope that does come with a fresh pair of eyes. It might be a little bit too soon um, at the moment, but I, I do hope that does, that does come in time. I think we're still at that point, aren't we, of, you know, 
my own children's school specifically sent a message out this week saying we are not doing any assessment for the next three weeks we will start to look at this again after after easter we want the children to come back and settle this is about their this is about their well-being and i think there's a message in there about this is also about staff well-being we've got to make sure everybody's comfortable and secure um coming back to school so i think it will happen i haven't seen masses of evidence of that moving forward yet yeah I the reason I asked that is I saw something on television last night they've been interviewing secondary school children and they were worried about their exams for next year so these are sort of 14 15 year olds and one one student he did it so eloquently he said I just want a slimmer slimmer curriculum Mm -hmm. so I can actually really get to the core and I can then come out with the goods in my exam Mm -hmm. in sort of 18 months Mm -hmm. he was quite passionate about that and alarm bells went I could see what we were doing again sadly teaching to a test maybe but and I thought oh we're slimming the curriculum but I really felt for the child who wants you to wanted to come out with that credibility do you think this is a time when we ought to be reflecting on the exam system yeah, I do. I, I think I think this is a time to reflect on all kinds of things, and I, I, I worry sometimes that if we don't if we don't put the time aside as a, as a profession to do this now, we have missed the most unbelievable opportunity to mm. you know to do that. And again, I keep harping on about Peter's article, but there's so much in there that's that's really useful, and you know, an opportunity to go back and reflect on some of those key. I was going to use the word barriers, I guess, but some of those key things that we know, some of which are within us, our gift, and some of which aren't, um, but to go back and say, look, what really is going to make that difference? And I suppose for me, at a time when people are very tired and and perhaps not necessarily bogged down, but, you know, heavy with, with what's been happening, it's a big ask to, to take, to ask people to take a fresh pair of eyes. But I think that's, I do think that's what's, that's what's needed to, to stop and, and look and think again about the opportunities that the next couple of terms can can provide and be to be brave to be brave mm. and do that and mm. you know I was reflecting on some of the conversation you had with Tim Boys a few weeks ago and uh, you had a, an interesting conversation about Ofsted didn't you with him um, at a time when we need our leaders to be resilient and to use their voices and to really say look We've been through this. We know what's right for our children. We know what the system needs to look like, and, and to take some, uh, to take a lead in that. Um, let's just hope the powers that be can have got the ability and willingness to, to, to listen to, to, to that, and the people who've been through it and who are doing it. You know, and at the end of the day, the key voice comes from the children, doesn't it? You know, the, the, the boy speaking last night. He's the one we need to listen to. And, and it's up to us as school leaders and as, as a profession to to try and do something about that to get to get them right. We don't want this generation to be lost. We want them to be invigorated and become more resilient as 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 a result of what's happened. And some of that's going to take time and some gentleness. And some of it's going to be about putting some structures and systems in place that will help that happen. It's that bounce back we're looking for, isn't it? It's knee jerk reaction. Come on, let's get going. We. Uh, put an advert out for a teacher to teach um, STEM subjects across um, the whole school and they would have a centre. It was a really innovative position and we didn't point in the end, although we got some very interesting applications, some good interviews, it just didn't meet the mark and I wondered whether we'd bounced too quickly. Mm. I'd hate to say that, but we're going to do it again. I don't think people were ready for the bounce. That was a month ago, but I think we might be getting there now. Mm. 
talking about bounds, if you were looking at a school or a new head teacher coming along and uh, they were getting ready to sort of look at how to improve this school, what, what are the common errors that you've seen some head teachers make in school improvement? What are, what are the pitfalls to avoid? Oh, gosh, Hazel, what a loaded question. Um... I'm just thinking myself is that I think when I was a head teacher, a young head teacher um, up in Yorkshire too, and I was I wanted to move so quickly. Mm. And that sort of to me has got a bit of a resonance at the moment mm. for when we wake up, we've got that bounce back. Some of us are going to want to move so quickly, aren't we? Mm. And I was an eager beaver and patience was certainly a virtue I probably lacked at that time. And it's that speed of rapid improvement for me. And how did I take the team along? That was a learning curve. Mm. How could you do that? Mm. How are we going to do that now, coming out of this? Mm. How are we going to harness our team? Mm. No, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot in that. A lot in that, and that that resonates with me, particularly my second headship for sure. I guess I'd, I guess I'd go back to two things really, maybe a third. I think the first one is very much about. I've said this already today relationships 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 and and I think mm. you know I nearly fell a couple of times in in that second headship when I was dealing with some challenges and and wanting to move forward at a pace and and I think building those relationships it's back to the trust isn't it it's what we've talked about today and you've talked mm. about it with Tim a lot as well building the trust over time building those solid secure relationships that on on occasions when it does go pear-shaped which it will you can fall back on that and that will you know that 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 will see you through very definitely communication I, I remember again in my second headship and, and I think I'm thinking now talking 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 you know those opportunities whether it's through a coaching model whether it's through individual one-to-one -one, communication channels have got to flow um and that emotional intelligence about about meeting with staff on a regular basis to to ensure that everybody's still on track they feel well supported that they're not struggling I think there's also something about, you know, I mentioned the visioning today. I think there is also something about, you know, what, what are our values? You know, what, what is important to us moving forward now? I'm not suggesting that we necessarily look at a recovery curriculum model, uh, although I do think there's some, some, very good, uh, some very good material out there. I mean, Professor Barry Carpenter's article is fantastic. I went back to that the other day to have a look at that. But there is definitely something about... You know, what are our values? What what is our unique DNA? Let's just go back and have a look at that. How have we got that, this right? Is this going to be the bedrock that we can that we can fall back on as, as we move forward? So I think, you know, they're not practical things, are they? They're not necessarily strategic things to help new newly appointed heads or, or, or heads with less experience moving forward now, but they do sit fundamentally I think if your relationships are right I think if your communication is right I think if you've got a very values driven approach to how you lead your school with your team that will stand you in good stead when you start putting some of the the rocks in place yes um and I I think going back to my first headship um, I think I had a, a clear vision, but, you know, I don't know if I shared it. <laughs> I don't know how well I shared it. And most certainly one aspect also for me is community. And I think even now we've worked so hard, haven't we? I've heard so many times when um, people in the community, parents have said, I take my hat off to the mm -hmm. teachers. I've had enough of homeschooling. It's so hard. 
um, our, you know, it's all credibility. I think there's a golden opportunity now for us to um, build and harvest that um, social capital, shout out, community capital out there. Mm. And I think that is really exciting. Mm. How, how would you bring that then into school improvements? You work with some new teams or working with your schools in Wigan. Mm. What piece of work could you do around building that community capital? Mm. Well, it, that's really interesting. I've done two pieces of work recently that, that have really touched a spot. Um, very different schools, very different leadership teams. One of the pieces of work we did, we looked at the Skulls and Web, uh, the Skulls Cultural Web, Cultural Web article. Now that's been that's been adopted and adapted now for um, a school situation. Again, it's, it's building on the social capital model, and I've I've, I've worked on that in the past um, in a publication with um, Professor John Westburn, and it's just I'm just reflecting on some of that now. But that that was a lovely piece of work. So as as a culture. As, as a cultural organisation, what are some of those key things within our school that, that build the culture we want, we want to have? So that, that was one piece of work we did, which was lovely. That got lots of discussions going and people thinking about that. The other piece of work I've undertaken recently, which people have loved, is the, um, the whole Cousa and Posner model around are you working your leadership best? So, you know, they unpick the five strands of that. You know, what is it? Um, working together to share an inspired vision, are you working at your leadership best in terms of enabling others to act, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the key strands that two schools have picked out of that five strands model is about sharing that inspired vision. And, and a couple of uh, phase leaders have gone back out to their teams to talk about that in, in a bit more detail. And interestingly enough, just going back to what you were saying, was this vision shared sufficiently? And feedback from the grassroots mm. probably is an impact because of an outcome because of what's happened is actually no we're not we're not clear we're not as clear as we were um we're not we're not sure that this vision has been articulated clearly enough and and being modeled and and rolled out every day through people's leadership behaviors and attitudes um so not a negative but very much maybe it's time to go back and look again to make sure that everybody is clear, everybody's had a voice, everybody's had an opportunity to, to talk about what this might, this next phase might look like. So two, yeah. two lovely research documents there that have been very powerful tools in terms of, in terms of capturing that culture and, and capturing that, uh, the extent to which the vision is shared effectively. Yes, and I remember I did some work myself with John Westburner and we talked about your bond with um, your team or your community that you want to work with, or do you bridge? Mm -hmm. And I think it was the bridging, isn't it? You put something out that enables you to, to obviously cross, if you're going to use that analogy, and uh, share going both ways. With um, the visions in our, uh, the values in our maps stemming down from the um, vision, we've thought of ways of how can we get that endemic because that really makes it come alive, doesn't it? And we've been using cornerstone postcards. We send them out to somebody when we've seen that vision alive. And we're moving on now to something really exciting. We're having pebbles made and we will give somebody a pebble with that value written on that they, they can collect. And um, I think it's going to go down a storm because people want to be act out that vision and value and, and be seen to do so, I think, possibly. Have you seen anything like that where values have been celebrated? Um, in practice I have throughout yeah not not like that I love that pebble idea I just think I think that's, I think that's fantastic I guess a couple of the areas where 
um, I've seen that starting to roll out. So well, I've seen it used incredibly effectively and, and other schools are starting to talk about it is through it's through the children, really. Um, oh. But uh, so, you know, basically little characters in school representing the key characteristics the school wants to promote or hold, hold dear to their to their DNA. Um, so, so the fantastic school down in London, um, Surrey Square, that they've been they've been using that model for years to great effect, and it's been evolving. So a couple of years ago, a new character appeared with a with a new value. Um, it's over everything, everything that you see. Again, that manifests itself in postcards home to parents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and again, uh, a school I worked with a couple of weeks ago on their leadership development program that came out. That discussion around that came out as one of the uh, discussion points from feedback from staff. So I think that visual, physical mm. celebration and reminder of that at every level. I mean, we might be using little characters as a hook for the children, but actually this is about everybody, isn't it? This is actually about everybody. And I think if we could have some positive reinforcement, whether it's through a postcard through your door or a stone on your desk or whatever it might be, um, that keeps it alive and it keeps it fresh. And I think that's really important at the moment. That needs to have a really high profile um, and then people can use it as a an, as an inspiration and they can also use it as a as a comfort and a, and a rock to lean on when, when that's appropriate. And I think there will be those times when we feel very inspired and motivated to drive on and hopefully against the backdrop of the spring weather as well. But there'll be other times when we need to be very sensitive and, and very gentle with ourselves in terms of this has been hard and, and uh, energy levels are uh, uh, perhaps not as high as they must be. And we need to be very mindful of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking now as we move to the end now, uh, Vanessa, say we had a direct conduit into um, Parliament or Secretary of State for Education. What, what do you, would you like, what do you think we should be asking them to support the leaders in school as we support our staff and encourage them and acknowledge the values in action? What could we ask for from our government presently that will enable us to get out there and be exciting in school development, school improvement? I think, um, I'm not too sure whether it's one specific thing, Hayley, mm. I, I, you know, we, we, we could get very hung up, couldn't we, on, we need, we need more money for catch-up programmes, and, and, and I know we do, and we could say, um, you know, we need, we need more time, we need some restraints replacing from the curriculum because we need more time to focus on I don't know literacy numeracy or there could be all kinds of things that could be offered I suppose really if I was in government now I would be thinking what what, what is what it, how's the land lying what are what are our leaders saying to us about what this next step needs to be and and it's about listening it's about listening and I think we might not have all the answers delivered back to us that we want but we want our voice to be heard lead just want their voices to be heard. I think one of the most useful yeah. things out of the piece of work with the, the heads up in the Northwest, and again, the other peer review groups, is an opportunity to talk about how it is. Leaders have lots of ideas to how to move it forward. One size does not fit all. This has got to be about, uh, you know, an individual approach, but we need just listen to, to, to where we are and, 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 and engage in that opportunity to, to, to rethink. Don't take that dogged, the old thing used to work, therefore it will still work. Because 
we're in the new times, we're in a whole different phase in our lives and, and things aren't the same and they won't be the same anymore. So we have to think about how we can do things differently. And um, I'm just looking at Peter's article. He talks about, we've got to find a new story. We've got to find a fresh point mm. and we've got to find a cast mm. of characters who are on a mission. And I think help help us be what that is saying to, to get that right. And, and don't miss the opportunity to um, to do that. That's that's lovely. Thank you. I, I so love that, what you just said. We do need a new story. And do you know what I think I might ask for as well? Excitement. Mm -hmm. I find there's no excitement presently coming from government around education. And I fully think it will. But we're desperate for it. Come on, this is the moment. I really want to feel that excitement about education coming from our leaders as well. Yeah. Thank you, Vanessa. You're welcome. Fabulous conversation. Loved it. I appreciate you listening and would welcome any reviews that you have or join us, subscribe, and do let others know about our series, We Are Teachers. Thank you and goodbye.